Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Jason, um, I've been trying to get used to Celsius because that's what the rest of the world uses. That isn't the United States. And, and we use it here as well. It is... Uh, we. <laughs> We got a deep freeze warning here in Toronto. It is minus 20 degrees Celsius currently. Um, the North Pole today is minus 15 degrees Celsius. It is colder than the North Pole here right now. That's uh, what you, you get know, for moving right. to Canada. So, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's the free health care freeze. I, I don't know. It's you a, need it for awesome. your toes to get reattached <laughs> after all the frostbite. <laughs> It's. I just saw. I saw a Instagram the other day of a comedian. He's like, you know, Celsius is great for water, but if you want air, do Fahrenheit because it makes more sense. You know, <laughs> we haven't gotten as cold as it's going to get today. I just, uh, I just popped this over to Fahrenheit. It will get to minus eleven degrees Fahrenheit today. Oh, that's not bad. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's cold, but I mean, geez, I mean, I was in Chicago. It was negative seventy with a wind chill downtown off the well, lake. Well, that's not including wind chill there, and I'm, we're right on the lake too, so there is wind chill involved here, which is making it considerably colder. Okay, okay. Here's the deal: stay inside. That, well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes. I will. Uh, we got a bit of follow up. Peter wrote in and said, "There's a good precedent for gravity power. In fact, the world's first EV, which." sort of runs at 100% efficiency if you factor out the tons of rocks it carries downhill, is powered by gravity. And he sent a link to the world's first electric dump truck stores as much energy as eight Tesla Model S cars. Because the vehicle is electric, there's no need to heat up the brakes when descending. This is because the enormous electric engine acts as a generator and recharges the battery pack. That same energy is then used to help the vehicle travel back up the hill. If all goes as planned, the electric dump truck will even harvest more electricity while traveling downhill than it needs for the ascent. Instead of consuming fossil fuels, it would then feed surplus electricity into the grid. Well, I think we found uh, unlimited power now, then. We just all need dump trucks. But here's the thing. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I... Just don't think that works that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no such thing. Um, also, you have to factor in, is it... You know, it's a dump truck, so it's usually taking the dirt and the gravel uphill so it's got to take the the rocks with it up and then comes back down alone um i don't well, think you that you're going to get, jason i just i'm just saying you're not going to get infinite energy out of this this is not <laughs> you know this is not solved the world's problems it's great for the dump trucks i love those big dump trucks i always wanted to go hang out on one when i was a kid the terex titan <laughs> but um yeah this is cool it's very cool but it's not 100 there's no such thing as 100 percent efficiency <laughs> close but no cigar Nope. In the news. The great layoffs continue, Jason, even though a jobs report came out today that said there were more hires this uh, this last month and in and, and previous, previous months. So apparently all those people that have gotten laid off are finding jobs. But there's some more out there now looking. PayPal is laying off 2,000 employees. I didn't even think PayPal had 2,000 employees. What the hell are they doing? 7% of its total staff. They're obviously sending the continued messages every time I log in that I could use the app. Thanks for sending me that text message every single time I log in. I don't want to use the app. I would be using it already if I wanted to. No shit. Uh, you, know, you know what's happening? All of the tech bros that got fired from San Francisco are taking all of the restaurant jobs that everybody quit during the pandemic. 
that's it's it's just Maybe. a reshuffling reshuffling of talent <laughs> but as part of the press release as one does when one fires seven percent of its total staff uh we were treated to this nugget and i do wonder did this come out of chat gpt we will treat our departing colleagues with the utmost respect and empathy, provide them with generous packages, engage in consultation where required, and support them with their transitions. I want to express my personal appreciation for the meaningful contributions that they have made to PayPal. Or insert company name here, mm-hmm. as ChatGPT would spit out. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, speaking of also uh, changing of job landscapes, Microsoft is planning to update Bing with a faster version of ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be moving with GPT-4, moving it into Bing. I don't know if anything can save Bing, but uh, well, yeah. free we'll ChatGPT-4 would. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Well, <laughs> if, if you it's don't just have to ans- wait yeah. or pay for it. That's true. That's true. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how the integration goes because ChatGPT four. I mean, uh, GPT four isn't out yet, as far as I know. But I'm guessing they get they get behind the scenes access for the billions of dollars that they gave them. One would assume if you pay a couple billion bucks, you get access. Yeah, I think so. That's and how it's politics running. works. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Look, <laughs> look at how that's going for us. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, ChatGPT has, now has ChatGPT Plus. You mm-hmm. can get on the wait list for for uh, twenty bucks a month. Is what I was going to ask, what are they streaming on that channel? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, you know what they could do on ChatGPT Plus? They could revive all the shows that got canceled. Firefly season two. All right, <laughs> it just makes it up as you it, go. It'll write it itself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I'll pay twenty bucks a month for that. Okay. Bring back the brown coats. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, twenty bucks a month. I'll pay that. I think a lot of people will pay that. And uh, if, if I can get in when I need to get in, because it's really frustrating when I'm trying to not do work and have it do my work <laughs> for me, and I can't get it to do my work because other people are having it do their work for them. Well, yeah, quite a few people. This has been actually astonishing. Uh, they've got some statistics on this now. ChatGPT has been growing at a rate much, much faster than TikTok or any other popular app or service, according to a new study by analytics firm UBS, which I always want to read as USB. Yes. The open AI-developed chatbot was on pace to reach over 100 million monthly active users in January, or at least people refreshing to try to get in. Yeah. The chatbot <laughs> only became available to the public on November 30th of last year. But this has just been astonishing. Within its first month of availability, it already boasted 57 million monthly active users. By January, it was already being visited by around 13 million individual users a day. In comparison, it took TikTok nine months after its global debut to reach 100 million monthly users, despite its popularity. So this is, I mean, people love this shit. (laughs) Yeah, imagine, I mean, this is why Microsoft put so much money into it, because they are going to be making bank yeah. i mean obviously thing. right now it, it's it's you know it's the zeitgeist people are talking about it people are fucking around with it and playing with it more than anything else but uh you can't deny it i i think you know uh, these numbers are crazy but uh it's it's useful <laughs> yeah it really is but yeah. uh, more more on that later for yeah. sure but yeah, uh, we got some a- more numbers that have come out. Spotify have released their Q- uh, Q4 earnings and announced that it now has 205 million premium subscribers, up 10 million from last quarter, yet it's still losing money. And firing the, uh, what, 6% of their employees. Yeah. So there. Yeah. <laughs> so they continue to make money, they continue to lose money, and the artists continue to be screwed. Go. Oh. Great hey, business model. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> uh, remember when Tesla went all in on Bitcoin? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that didn't really work out too well for them. Are we surprised? Uh, <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> I always I thought this surprised. was going to be a loss. I always thought this was financial trickery to to evade taxes and things of that nature. So, 
Well, there you go, because uh, they racked up $204 million in losses from their little uh, foray into the world of cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, this this article breaks down what happened. Uh, of course, nobody's going to get fired for this. You know, you'd think that the shareholders might rise up in revolt with pitchforks and uh, their votes to get rid of whoever did this. Oh, wait, it's probably Elon. Never mind. You can't get well, rid that's of him. He's the a fucking thing. That's the thing. It's the cult of Eon, of Eon, of Elon that's really running this it's very frustrating. There are t- tons of activist investors on Tesla with Tesla that are just screaming, please put an adult in charge. Please just step. Don't be CEO anymore. Please, please, for the love of God, this could actually be a real company without all the shen- shenanigans. But no, no, no. Yeah. $204 million in losses. So that's quite a chunk. Um, now, here's here's where you really know you've hit peak Elon. This is Tesla. This is a professional company with lots of cars on the road. That are mm-hmm. killing people every day. Great. Thank you very Not much. Not every day. No, almost. Every other. <laughs> every other. Okay. We're try- they're trying, Brian. They're trying <laughs> to get up there. So um, at the very end of this article, it says, Tesla disbanded its press department and could not be reached for comment. Jason, I it's- pointed that out uh, like three months ago. <laughs> Well, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I was too busy with Twitter. <laughs> I get twi- Twitter and Tesla. Twisla. Twisla disbanded its press department. I mean, this is the hot new move is just to get rid of your press department. Like, just we're just going to ignore it. All of this. <laughs> just pretend it's not happening. You know, for private companies, that's fine. This is a public company. Mm-hmm. How can you not have a press department with a public company? Huh. Yeah. Well, mind boggling. Fucking mind-boggling. Well, the Justice Department is finally, finally getting involved here. Uh, all the ru- There were rumors of this for a long time, but apparently it is actually going to happen. Uh, the EV designer Tesla has confirmed in an SEC filing that the DOJ has requested documents linked to autopilot and full self-driving features. So, good. They're saying that no government body has determined wrongdoing as part of an active investigation, but warns that enforcement could have a material adverse impact on its business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what? You know what happened? Apparently, somebody's uh, some politician's son got killed or something in one of these. So now, well, that's, now that's they're going to the, listen. That's the Dave Bittner theory. Nothing happens until it happens to somebody in power. Yeah. And then then they get involved. But yeah, they're finally looking into this. Basically, they're going to have to say you can't say you have self driving. You can't yeah. say you have autopilot. You do not. You have cruise control. Yes. Very bad <laughs> cruise control, might I add. <laughs> yeah. And more of this is going on. San Francisco city officials have sent letters to the California Public Utilities Commission asking to slow or halt the expansion of Cruise and Waymo robot taxi services in the city. Uh, They're saying that unlimited expansion would be unreasonable in light of recent safety incidents in which vehicles blocked traffic and interfered with emergency vehicles. I agree. It is unreasonable. These are untested services. In fact, as we're testing them, all we're seeing are problems. Yeah. So stop it. Have you ever driven in San Francisco? I have. It's it, it, uh, not since these things have been on the road, but it was bad enough to begin with. I lived there for four or five years, and mm-hmm. it is one of the worst cities I've ever lived in for driving. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. It is a terrible place to drive. You don't want to drive. You know, you know, Brian. This is the. This would be the city where your dream could come true of one hundred percent all in self driving vehicles. If yeah, they got everybody off the road and just made them robots. That would be the perfect place for it. By the but, way, just to, just to state, it's not my dream. It is my belief that this is the only way this will ever work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's more of a nightmare. It's a bit of a dystopian nightmare. Yes, yeah, agreed. Okay. So, 
Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and the EU has vowed to get tougher on big tech privacy violations. We've been talking about this for a long time, that basically these slaps on the wrist, I mean, they're sure they're billions, not billions, they're millions upon millions of do dollars, but it still works out to, to the coffee budget for these companies. And it, it, nobody's going to take it seriously until the slap on the wrist becomes a big old punch to the face. So that's hopefully what's going to happen now. We'll, well see. Or maybe jail time for somebody. Maybe. Because money doesn't matter. These these people have more money than they know what to do with. Money is taking their money is not a deterrent because they're money factories. Yes, you need to take away their freedom. And let me tell you why it's important. And I'm, I'm, you put a story in between, but these were meant to be linked together. So I'm jumping ahead, Jason. We'll come back. We'll come back to it. Documents show Meta paid for data scraping despite years of denouncing it. This is why we need big fucking fines. Yeah. Meta has routinely fought against data scrapers taking their data, but it also participated in the practice itself, if not necessarily for the same reasons. Bloomberg has obtained legal documents from a Meta lawsuit against former contractor called Bright Data, indicating that the Facebook owner paid its partner to scrape other websites to bring the data into their company. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Fuckers. <laughs> Uh, in, in surprising news to no one, Amazon is planning to close some of their grocery and convenience stores. Some Wait, the people fresh... didn't flock to these things? Yeah, they, 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 this is a failure to read the room. They should have <laughs> stuck to the, you know, the online side of things. Uh, I've been to the Amazon Fresh store out here mm -hmm. twice. Mm -hmm. I went once w during the preview to check out the little cool grocery carts to see if it worked. It worked. Mm -hmm. Great. Fine. Um, went back one more time when I was desperate to find some flowers. And it was the closest store to the place that I was going. And <laughs> they had some; they had the worst flower selection I've ever seen, and it was overpriced. But I, it, it got me the flowers. Um, no desire to ever go back there. It is the weirdest grocery store. They have – I don't know. It's just not great. It just feels <laughs> weird. It's not great. The vibe is just kind of – yeah. It, it, it's creeped out. It, it creeps me out. You know, and they I mean, just – the writing was on the wall for me. Uh, obviously, I don't live in, in Santa Monica anymore. But when I did, I, I used to frequent Whole Foods pre-Amazon's takeover. Once Amazon took over Whole Foods, the vibe changed yeah. drastically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not just talking like $25 cucumber water that they were selling and bullshit like that. But it just it sucked the life out of that. Whole Foods used to be, okay, say what you will about the old Whole Foods. Lots of people make fun of it. It was a good place to shop for me. And mm -hmm. I loved it. But when Amazon took it over, it changed and it was not cool anymore. Did not dig it. No, it's if you can if you can avoid getting run over by a Tesla, which I didn't <laughs> that one day. Um, it's it is it is very strange to go in there anymore. I try to avoid it whenever possible. But uh, back to this story, Amazon Go stores, uh, mm -hmm. those basically little convenience stores. Yeah. One just opened up here in the corner and the local paper said, just don't don't waste your time. It's garbage. It is it is a shitty version of 7-Eleven, which is really saying That's something. Hard to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, I mean, they basically said why like six times in the article. They're like, <laughs> why? Why is that here? You can't even park there. There's like four parking spots. Right. It is one of the dumbest stores I've ever seen. But I, I, I'll probably just go in there just to try it before they rip it out. It's like, <laughs> what the hell are you guys thinking? There's, there's literally four parking spots. Right. I don't know what they're thinking. All right. And oh, well. a little bit of uh, interesting slash good news about AI. We're going to be talking a lot about AI a little bit later, but mm -hmm. I like this story, except it also is a good flashback to what we used to always scream about, about because AI is in the headline and the entire article says machine learning. <laughs> 
Which forget is, it. You know, forget it, man. Just or, give it up. I, give I, up the I, can't, I can't. I can't, Jason. Uh, you got it. It wrankles. You it wrankles. Anyways, they're using machine learning or AI, whatever. Nobody fucking cares anymore to find possibly overlooked alien signals in radio telescope data. Now, this makes a lot of sense because we have so much data. So much of this radio data from from our from the heavens above that uh, it's not surprising that we're missing stuff that pe- people aren't seeing it. So the system is being trained to identify um, interesting patterns that then can get kicked up for humans to look at. And they found a ton, a ton, so, a ton. Pretty cool. Woo. Oh man, you mean you don't have SETI at home anymore? We've come a long way from SETI at home, baby. I remember running SETI at home on my first Xbox at night. <laughs> it was really Yeah, I fun. used to make it my screensaver thing, too. It would just click yeah. on when I'm not using my computer. I'm like, this is cool. Didn't yeah. didn't find aliens. Yeah, well, there are none. Sorry. <laughs> Dark, forest. Dark forest. Dark <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's gog.show slash VPN. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mm. 
Media Candy. So I texted you, Jason. Yes. When, I, when, when this dropped and I watched it and then my jaw dropped and you said, you're not going to watch it. And I kind of don't blame you because my hopes are sky high right now. Picard <laughs> season three trailer is awesome. Uh, well, wh- when's it drop? It comes out in like what, February 15th or something like that. I thought it was March. I can't remember. There's a couple of different things coming soon. Can't remember the exact date, but it's soon. Oh. Very soon. It is going to be very soon. So, okay. I will pick up my Paramount Plus subscription when when it comes out. Well, it won't be Paramount Plus anymore, Jason, or Paramount Plus Premium because they're rebranding again. They've decided to completely absorb Showtime instead of this weird, you could add Showtime to your Paramount Plus Premium. So Mm -hmm. it is now named Paramount Plus with Showtime. Brian, we really, really, really need to change careers and we need to go into branding because who the fuck is coming up with these names? Who? Who's getting paid to do this shit? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see them fit that on the little app thing. Paramount Plus with Showtime. Oh, God. I can't wait for the new logo. So there you go. Uh, It's just being rolled in now. I I don't see anything in this article about pricing tiers changing. I guess we'll just get Showtime as part of our Paramount Plus subscription now. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Save me times. Save save me the uh, the hassle of canceling Showtime every time a show I watch is over. So fine, I'll just <laughs> yeah. I only have to cancel one app instead of two when my shows are over. <laughs> and I uh, started to watch a new show on Netflix that uh, this has actually been going semi viral called Kunk on Earth. Jason, have you watched any of these yet? Have not heard of it even. It's a British thing. Uh, it's a British comedian actress that has created this character, and it's a mockumentary about you know science and and how the this one she's done a few of these in britain this is the first one that's been released uh, here in the states or north america i have to say north america instead of here in the states now don't i yes you do yeah. yes i do so it's the first that's come out over here it's on netflix so she basically it's six episodes long you know she goes through the history of the planet and it's it's borat style you know what i mean like she doesn't know what she's talking about it's intentionally funny she interviews experts you can't tell if they're in on the joke or not but you, of course they have to be in on the joke there's no way they'd sit through these uh, these interviews otherwise so it's it's pretty funny i will say that this show is an argument for not binging I have a lot okay, of arguments why? for not binging, but this one in particular, <laughs> because it's one joke and it runs thin if you try to watch more than one episode in a row. You know what I mean? Ah, like you yeah. watch one. I watched the first episode. I thought, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Rolled into the second episode. I was like, same joke. Hmm. Oh. Pause. Came back to it a couple of days later after you've had time away from it. Funny again. <laughs> but if you try to binge it, not so funny. It's like the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. If you catch it every now and then, it's good. If you try yeah. to watch more than one of them in a row, you're like, this is dumb. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, remember when I had food poisoning and I watched the first five seasons of The Big Bang Theory in one mm-hmm. like one go? Yeah. Yeah. yeah same, it definitely same is. 10 jokes. Same 10 jokes? Okay. Does it have canned laughter in it? No, thank God. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I still... You should check out the first one. I think it's it's funny, but just don't binge. Library. Brian, recently you talked about finally reading uh, Dennis E. Taylor's Outland, which turned out to be his first book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. I, I kind of remember that book with uh, uh, the volcano and kind of a, you know, portal to other dimensions or other parallel worlds type of thing. Yes. Um, 
Earthside is the follow-up, and it is out now on Audible only because yes. he has this great deal with I Audible. I hate that deal he made. I love that deal. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, problem is I started to listen to it, and I really couldn't remember very much about the first book. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I had to put it on pause. I'm going to have to go back and, and do a double double header to get back into Outland so I can read this one because I'm sure his skills have grown you know, quite a bit since since that first book. He's yeah. got a few more under his belt. Yep. Yep. He's done some more writing since then. Yeah. Uh, I read a new book. I read Ask a Historian, 50 Surprising Answers to Things You Always Wanted to Know by Greg Jenner. Now, this is another person I discovered thanks to No Such Thing as a Fish, the podcast. He was he was a guest host once and was very funny. Um, so it was, I love this book. It was, I love the way he writes. I love his personality. It's very funny. Very, very good. Uh, then I went through all of his previous books, and I th I feel like I read A Million Years in a Day, which is one of his other ones, A Curious History of Everyday Life from the Stone Age to the Phone Age. But it does not – Amazon is tell telling me I have not purchased this book before. So um, maybe it was on my – maybe he was promoting that one when he was on No Such Thing as a Fish, and I was like, oh, I should go get that. That sounds good, and never did because this is how our brains work now. Yeah, because that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a familiar title, hmm. and so is his name. But I think I, I probably heard it on No Such Thing as a Fish as well. So yeah, yeah. But highly recommended. I love the way he writes. He's got a, he's got a really good personality that comes through. He's very funny, and he's an you know actual historian. He knows what he's talking about. Yes, and uh, you mentioned why do we do that on the last episode, the podcast? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and you couldn't. You had you said you, we had to listen to it on the BBC player. Well, our fans have have come out of the woodwork saying, nope, nope, you can get it on Overcast or other places. Yeah, I so. think when I first was listening to it, it was exclusive. Like it had just come out and it was exclusive to the BBC. Now it's out. Everywhere. Got it. So. Got it. Yeah. No, I downloaded it and uh, grabbed all the episodes. I listened to a couple of them. It is a good show. I enjoy yeah, it. Short, short little cool. 10 minutes and very interesting. I like her too. She's engaging and funny. Yeah. No, all in all, definitely a good show. So good, mm -hmm. good find. Um, after Babel is a new Substack newsletter from Jonathan Haidt. Mm -hmm. I like Jonathan Haidt. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I shelled out the money for the $50 a year subscription because the money actually goes to charity. Uh, he's got okay. some nonprofits that he's, that he's set up himself. Uh, probably the Jonathan Haidt Second Home Foundation. Vacation fund. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I have, I've, I've actually I put it on my thing to read it, and then I got busy. So I'm putting the link in here for everyone to go check out because I think if you listen to the show, you probably like Jonathan Haidt and you like uh, some of the books that we've reviewed of his. Um, the Coddling – was it The Coddling of the American Mind or something mm -hmm. like that? Something um, like that yeah. yeah, Coddling of Something. Uh, not the cod piece, the coddling. Uh, but he's a smart guy. He's a very, very smart guy. So um, – Definitely check it out. Link will be in the show notes. And okay. there's a uh, an op uh, an op ed whatever by Ezra Klein called "How Barnes and Noble Came Back from Near Death." This is the second article I've seen about Barnes and Noble coming back from the dead, and um, the other one was not an opinion piece. I'm trying to find that one so I can put it in the show notes as well. Somebody on our Discord channel sent it to us. I remember a seeing while something back. in the New York Times a couple of weeks back too about that. I'm happy about this. I love bookstores. I love yes. them. Yeah. Uh, I I never liked Barnes & Noble, but any port in a storm, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know? it'll do. <laughs> yeah, border, it, Borders ain't coming back, which was my favorite, but uh, especially the, the sale table. I love the sale table <laughs> at Borders. Um, but this guy, James Daunt, took it over. And, you know, he's a British uh, 
book guy. And yep. what he's done was he basically turned all of the staff at the stores into the people who basically run literally run the store. They're like, make this a place where you would want to come to buy books. Yep. And that's what they're doing. And yep. shocking. It, it works. works. <laughs> it works. Yes. Put your super consumers in charge of the actual business. It's, and it's it goes. It's like the old school Tower Records where all yes. the employees had their charts up for their favorite albums and they were all stacked in places. That's that's the, how you do it. That's yeah. that's how you find out about cool stuff through people, not through algorithms. God damn mm -hmm. it. Or paid placement from the, you know, the super ding-dong publishers. You do it from the people who care about books. Yep. There was another – oh, there was a great – the greatest sci-fi bookstore in Chicago called uh, Stars Are Destination that was the same way. It's like you go in there and you just ask – you're like, hey, what's new and what's good? And you would just get like 20 minutes of somebody like walking you around the store. And you would like walk out with an arms <laughs> of books. It's great. Yeah. yeah, that's the way you do it. I love that. I, I'm so happy that they're coming back. Uh, we actually have a chain up here that's still in Canada and Toronto that still exists, and it's great. I love taking my son there, and we just walk around. It's awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, this next site I thought you might get a kick out of. It's called Wikinigma, an encyclopedia <laughs> of unknowns. <laughs> Wikinigma is a unique wiki-based resource specifically dedicated to documenting fundamental gaps in human knowledge, like the difference between AI and ML, you dumb fucks. No, that's not in there. But uh, there's, no, there's that's a like, known known. Yeah, there's a known known. Um, <laughs> it's just everybody ignores it. <laughs> yes. Uh, it says it's a compendium of compendium of so-called known unknowns. Um, That's great. The, what a great idea. Yeah, there's about nine. It says 956 articles so far. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's, what's nice about it is you can browse by um, topic genre or you can actually just hit the random button. I just like going and hitting the random button. It's fun. Right. There's yeah, a lot of shit in there cool. I don't understand, but that's the that's the point of it. Nobody does. <laughs> exactly. Security? Ha! We're joined by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the highly acclaimed Cyberwire podcast. As the co-host of Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, Dave delves into the fascinating and often chilling world of social engineering. Dave also brings his expertise as co-host to Caveat with Ben Yellen, a podcast that explores law and policy, surveillance, and privacy. Dave also co-hosts Control Loop, where he and his team dive deep into the latest developments and trends in the field of ICS and OT. Welcome to the show, Dave. <laughs> Hello, by the, gentlemen. By, by the way, we have been uh, told and talking about how we need to rebrand this from Security Hawk because we don't even bother anymore. This needs to be the dark side with Dave Bittner. Oh, <laughs> nice. okay. That's good. All right. I'm on it. I'll call our VO guy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I like it. I like it. Nice. Well, I just have to start off by uh, this segment by just sending out a heartfelt thank you to both of you fine gentlemen. Uh, I, you, Jason, you'd been kind of warning me that there was a package in the mail on the way. And, and when Jason uh, warns you that a package is in the mail, you should be scared. Well, yes, you should. Yes. And <laughs> I, I, it was not ticking. So I felt good about that. Uh, so yesterday afternoon, uh, there's a knock at the door here and I go out and there's a box sitting out there and I bring it in. 
and it's uh oh I don't know about a foot and a half by a foot and a half by a foot and a half and I come in and I I uh, open it up I start you know slicing through the plastic on the outside and I'm and as I'm opening it up and thinking wait a minute and I get to the where there's bubble wrap and I'm like could it be like, it can't be it is what's in and the it, box <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> God, this is just the most beautiful stormtrooper helmet that you could ever ask for. It is spot on perfect. It is gorgeous. It is really well made. Uh, it's also comfortable, which I didn't think was possible with these things. <laughs> so, well, that blows I, a I, hole, I, and that's why they can't shoot anyone. Theory. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, but you know what? And it's also it's uh, easier to see out of than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And it could just be that it just happens to line up with my head. And I have a big head, so. Uh, I'm pleased that my head fits in it at all, uh, but this is a really high quality thing here, and and I, I, I know I sent you guys a note, but I, this makes me so happy. <laughs> I have been smiling from ear to ear, and I'm kind of in that mode now where you've gotten something new, but you don't remember that you have it. So every time I walk into my studio here and it's sitting on on the desk, I see it and I just go, "Oh yeah, this is mine." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it brings you this joy. Uh, I'm sorry I'm, we couldn't afford a full outfit for you yet, but uh, hey, you stick with us another 20, 25 years, we'll get it to you piece yeah. by piece. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, I got to stop growing my belly so I can fit into a, a you know real, so I don't look like fat trooper. But uh, no, I, I just, it's, it, it, is, it is not an exaggeration to say that this is the fulfillment of a lifelong dream of mine since I was eight years old, to have a Stormtrooper helmet. And now I do. And it is a good one. I mean, it's I can't imagine someone making one better than this. So I have to ask you guys, what's the is there a story behind this as to how you track down such a high quality item for your dear dark side friend, Dave? Yes, there is. And I cannot believe you don't remember it. We actually talked about this on the show. This is, comes okay. from our, our friends in Russia at Cybercraft. Uh, that's hmm. why, that's why it took Friends so in long Russia, to get thin here. on the ground these days, by <laughs> exactly. the way. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I, for months, this has been like, I've almost had an ulcer tracking this thing <laughs> because, yeah. um, they and, flew uh, it over the Ukraine. That was a bad move. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. yeah. That was tough. That was tough. Uh, uh, shout out to Leonard Kim over at Cybercraft who had to put up with me asking every week, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> Because the way the the way the tracking works coming from Russia is it gets you to a certain point and then they say, Your package has left the country. And I'm like, okay, now where is it? They're like, uh, it's left the country. We don't know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. shrug emoji. And right. you're like, Oh, have faith. It'll all work. It's like uh in uh, Shakespeare and Love, you know. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> And, well, it uh, seems to have made its way yeah. through the UK on the way here. I, I was looking oh. at the various stamps and things that are on the box as it made its way here. Uh, I was surprised uh, to see that it came from Russia. Honestly, if you had asked me, I wouldn't have been 100 percent sure that we were allowed to get things from Russia right now. But I'm awfully glad we are. <laughs> yep. Yep. I ordered that thing on, I think, December 6th. And oh, OK. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know like, what yeah, was funny about the the, fu- the funny thing about the track track tracking is when they said that it was on a Chinese weather balloon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was weird. I hear like a clunking noise on the roof of the building <laughs> and go up there and find it. 
Just a yeah. weather balloon, though. That's that's all it is, guys. Just, just a, a weather, weather balloon. balloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, <laughs> so, that was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I kept looking at it and kept looking at it for a couple months, and then when it finally came around to Christmas, they're like, "We're having a sale." I'm like. Brian, I think we need to do something. <laughs> let's let's pull the stormtrooper trigger. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. I was I was very no. upset though when when I said I told Brian that you know if we buy three we can get even a bigger discount and he said no so we didn't get them. I, I wanted to get the matching set for all of us but no Brian, I, I Brian's think the wet this blanket. Is, uh... <laughs> I think this is probably my gateway drug into the five hundred first. It is five hundred first approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. I mean, and and it it, it has to be. I, I, I was going like to say, I sent it you guys some, be. <laughs> Well, I sent you guys some pictures, and yeah. the thing about stormtrooper helmets is, and it's the same thing with Darth Vader's helmet. Like, if it's just a little bit off, there's it's something off. about it. You look, and you go, that's not, that's not right. But you look at this one, and you go, it is spot on, perfect. And it's uh, because stormtrooper helmets, the originals, you know, are famously handcrafted, so they're not symmetrical. Mm. And this one has just the slight imperfections that we've got programmed into our brains to say, yeah, that's a real stormtrooper helmet. And um, I, you can, you, you got, I think you can tell how excited I am about this. It's just yes. really nice. So yeah, ten minutes I've been wearing it around, so and I, I just, like I said, I'm just grinning from ear to ear, and uh, I'm just, I can't thank you guys enough. So I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm very glad. Very We're glad. so glad to have made you this happy. It's, it's yeah. a good thing. This is what life is about: making people happy and giddy. Mission right. accomplished. <laughs> so if you guys want your own uh, uh, Stormtrooper helmet or any of the other helmets they make, check out Cybercraft. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, or their Instagram channel. They show them making these things, and it's it's a pretty in- impressive process because they mold them and they do all the painting and finishing by hand. So mm-hmm. they're not they're not like off of an assembly line, really. They are, they are mean, handcrafted. The Boba Fett yeah. is tempting. Boba Fett is very tempting. The interior is beautiful <laughs> as well. It's it's all it's covered in in soft fabric and there's foam in there and I, I've seen pictures of the inside of lots of different stormtrooper helmets and this is by far the the nicest most comfortable one I've seen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, everybody, cool. share the show with your friends and enemies and go to patreon.com/gog so we can get Dave the rest of his suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, t- uh, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no Corvette for Dave now. Sorry. <laughs> and moving away from Star Wars, we have uh, some feedback from Lisa Liu along the subject of ChatGPT and the Nigerian Prince. I'm a web designer and recently had a scam attempt from Smith Morgan, a guy who needed a website. The inquiry seemed legit at the beginning with a workable project outline and business overview. So I bid on the project. Uh, see, that was your giveaway that it was bullshit because there was a workable project outline. <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. The yes came. The yes came very quickly, too quickly, and it ended with the classic: "I need one favor. I need you to take a larger payment so you can pay my other contractor because I cannot in my condition. Surgery. Blah blah blah. It's a common mm. ploy on Craigslist, and they're usually easy to spot. But I'm thinking with Chat GPT, these scripts will become more and more specific and realistic. Wild West stuff. As open AI develops, so will the scams. Beware and take care, guys." That's a good point. Yeah, it's not just uh, yeah. it's not just us messing around with good old promos and weird things. It's uh, the scammers are using this too. So right, yeah. I think you mentioned this on on a previous episode, Dave, where it's like, okay, we don't have to worry about broken English anymore because they can fix it <laughs> mm-hmm. right fairly exactly. easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it is definitely going to be uh, going to be a thing. But speaking of things that they fixed, I went through and I looked at our, our chat from a while ago where we where we role played the Pinocchio game with mm-hmm. ChatGPT, and I went and I put in the exact same prompts that you had sent in, and uh, they have fixed it. Now they talk about <laughs> oh. the liar's paradox in uh, okay in the, in the actual replies. So that's good. That's, it's alive. That's good. <laughs> yeah. it's learn. it they're, they're listening to our show they're listening to our right. they really it like learns. us they really do mm-hmm. and uh thanks to Stuart lloyd for sending in the info about the liar's paradox uh, on the last episode he also dug up the star trek clip uh from the uh the episode where they actually use this on the androids to uh the sexy uh, androids yeah yeah with hardcore fit and mud um <laughs> so uh that clip will now be in the show notes as well it's all fun to go watch for mm-hmm. sure and Alex wrote in, oh, dear God. He says, another AI tool to play with. If you upload one minute of someone's voice with the AI, we'll then use, use it to say anything and that you put in a transcript. And, yes, I did. This is from Eleven Labs. It's a beta. I sent it a yep. 10 megabyte file of my voice from an audiobook that I'm reading. And uh, it, it trained in, like, under a second. It was like, boom, okay, here you go. So I put in a piece of script that was a different piece of script from the training data and it came back and I'll play just a second of it here for you. If you are a CMO, this idea that you need to be proficient in as many different marketing platforms and disciplines as possible is nonsense. So that's not exact, but it's pretty damn close. And yeah. this, is the, this is the free version. They have a professional version, which is better, which I'm guessing you can train on more data. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you sent me one, Dave, too. Right. So just uh, (laughs) so my plan was to not tell you that this was a recording of me before I knew that you had been already playing with this. So the jig was up. (laughs) Mm. Uh, So what I did was I asked ChatGPT to write up a thank you to you all for having me on the show. Mm -hmm. And then I loaded that text into the Eleven Labs beta uh, voice synthesis. And this was the output from it. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the hosts of the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast for having me on their show. It was an absolute pleasure to share my thoughts on cybersecurity, and I appreciate their willingness to engage in an open and frank discussion. I'm grateful for the chance to have shared my insights and experiences with the audience, and I look forward to future opportunities to do so. Thank you again. See, the failure there is is in chat GPT not synthesizing your personality on this show, but the voice is spot on. Like, it's it's crazy good. Yes, it's mostly me. It's it's, if you if if you weren't looking out for it, if you hadn't been warned to pay attention to it and you asked someone, who is this? They would say it's me. Same with yours, Jason. It it sounds like you. Here's where I start to get a little freaked out. Because uh, cast your minds back, not even that far, maybe maybe a little bit over a year ago when one of the very mm-hmm. first iterations of this uh, AI voice training popped up and we were all looking into it. And Dave, Sparrow, I remember I we, we had a conversation about what happens since we, since, since we have these vast archives of podcasts that we've done. These things just get turned, uh, pointed to the vast archive of our voice. It'll probably get pretty close. A year later... Five minutes, boom. Right. That's how right. good this stuff is getting. Very fast. 
Five well, with the Microsoft one was like three seconds or 15 seconds and it was yeah. getting mm-hmm. it. Think about how yeah. good these things have gotten, how quickly they've gotten that good. It's it's kind of frightening. Yeah. 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 So this got me thinking about uh, improving or customizing podcasts using using these techniques. So mm-hmm. let me lay out a scenario for you guys that maybe you can relate to. There is a podcast that I very much enjoy listening to and I'm not going to say the name of it. And you'll know why in a minute. Um, and uh, this podcast has three hosts. Sounds familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I really enjoy two of the three hosts. Okay. The third host I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, sounds very familiar. <laughs> very <yeah>. familiar, <laughs> <laughs> right? In fact, I'm sure They're listeners in the right room now are, with us. <laughs> yes, listeners right now are nodding their heads vigorously, and and some of them are thinking that I'm the one that they don't like, and I, I totally accept that. That is a valid <laughs> point of view. Um, so when I listen to this show, where there's the one of the the three hosts who I just dislike, and I find myself. Uh, when I'm listening, just saying, oh, shut up, shut up, get to the point, come on, right? Mm -hmm. So this got me thinking, could I come up with a version of their podcast where I would take their show, have it transcribed, have, and and figure out a way to do all this in an automated sort of way, and take only the parts of the show from the host who I do not like, run them through chat GPT to say, summarize these parts <laughs> and then run that through the voice synthesis so that I get a version of the podcast with the host who I don't enjoy listening to cut down to a fraction of their presence in the show, but still with the content that they provide because this person is also long-winded and uses 10 words when one would do. Is right. his name Casey by chance? It is not, no. Damn. I thought I, <laughs> thought I had it. thought I had it. I, I'm, I'm thinking that Dave's not going to name names here. It, it, yeah, well, I mean, I was already thinking, can't I just take all of our segments, throw them into chat GPT, let it spit it out, run it through the synthesizer, and just send Jason the audio files, and our show's done. See, and, and as Brian says that, I was thinking I could actually bring back boot up without ever touching the microphone again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just yeah. do it do it literally from my bedroom in the morning. Now, it um, sounds to mm-hmm. me like, Dave, and this is obviously, you know, pretty possible, assuming there are APIs for all these things. Alternatively, you just find a show you like better. Mm. Yeah. There's a possibility. <laughs> there is a possibility. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. <laughs> he does like two-thirds of it. Come on. Talk. That's better than most podcasts, Brian. Jeez. That's right. true. That's true. <laughs> but what, so, But going down that pathway, what if I wanted to have – the nightly news read to me every night by Walter Cronkite. Ooh, I could, right. we could do that now. That, that's yeah. totally within reach. I mean, you could do Walter Cronkite. I could do Scarlett Johansson. I mean, yeah, might as well have go. an enjoyable right. voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do Christopher yeah. Walken. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. To- but it's these are. This is not a fantasy anymore. This is well. I totally gar- I guarantee reach. you that lawyers are very much thinking about this exact thing right now because now it's going to be copywriting voices, copywriting faces, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff is is in play in, already. I, I I know this. I I know lawyers that are yeah. working on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Even on the voiceover side of things, when I, I'm I'm doing all this research into. Getting into the voiceover game, which I think I'm probably going to put on the shelf now because why fucking bother? <laughs> um, they're, they're, everybody's talking about make sure you read your contracts because you could be 
you know, just accidentally giving away your digital rights to your voice to a company that they don't even know that they're taking it. So you have to be very, very careful about how your contracts are worded for any of your voiceover work. And it's a a thing. The professionals are really thinking about that right now because this is getting really damn close, really Mm -hmm. close. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, once yeah. they get the once they get the emotional thing, you know, if you could if there's like an HTML for voice scripts for the prompts where you could say, you know, blink. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Sarcasm. You know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Disdain. Yeah. Okay. Cover this in disdain. <laughs> well, I I would love to know what the, the pro version of this Eleven Labs thing does. If you had because for all for the three of us, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of hours mm-hmm. to train oh, yeah. on of our voices. So if you just toss the RSS feed for our shows at some at one of these training libraries and let it chug away, uh, to what degree can it nail our personalities? Would it know how we re- reply to things? I don't know, but I don't that, know either. I, I have no like doubt we're going to get there. That's where the AI falls down now. But I, yeah, I agree. We're going to get there definitely. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna try the pro version to see if it, uh, if it, if you get more training or like more training time or what what it does that really kind of it, it not just more you know characters that it will read. Oh, remember I, I'm hoping that it does more stuff. Remember mm-hmm. in the old world when you wanted to pr- purchase something, they actually told you what it would do. No anymore. <laughs> no. Now you have to buy and see. <laughs> right. Do you mm-hmm. feel lucky? Yeah. <laughs> Caveat emptor, baby. Mm-hmm. So. I've got a great chat GPT story for you. Mm-hmm. Our friend of the show, David Teeter, Dr. David Teeter, uh, called me the other night just in a fit because he was so giddy because he broke chat GPT. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, he's the one. He's, well, when he does something, I listen because he's definitely the smartest person I know. So oh. he he did a, uh, a query, says, how much PFAS is in synthetic turf? Because he is a world known specialist in this kind of thing about astroturf and the chemicals that it leaches into the groundwater and all this stuff. And mm. so it get, comes back with an answer. And then it co- he follows on with what studies have found that the release of PFAS from synthetic turf can be significant. Then it starts to read some studies out and gives it a little more thing. And he says, please list these studies. And it lists three studies. Then he says, oh, well, please tell me the DOI number of these studies. Then it comes back with DOI numbers for these studies, which are the digital object identifier numbers for the studies in, you know, the academic research. Then it says, please give me the titles and authors of this studies, of these studies. And it does. Here's the rub. None of these people, none of these studies exist. Completely made up. 100% from whole cloth. Yep. Wow. (laughs) And he asked ChatGPT, do these references really exist? He says, yes, the references mentioned in my previous responses do exist. The DOI numbers and authors are correct, and the titles match those found in the referenced studies. You can use the DOI numbers to locate the full articles through a library or academic database. So if you Google it, no, you can't. And then (laughs) he even goes on to say, I think you're lying. ChatGPT comes back and says, I apologize if my previous answers were not accurate. I am an AI language model developed by OpenAI, and I strive to provide accurate information. However, I am not perfect, and sometimes I may make mistakes. If you have any questions or concerns about the information I have provided, I encourage you to research the topic further using credible sources. Mm-hmm. And Which it I am just not. Keeps... Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yes, completely made up. 
Wow. Well, and and so I think that speaks to I've seen a couple um, descriptions of uh, ChatGPT. One is that it's bullshit as a service, which I think <laughs> is good. Yeah. And I've also seen it described as mansplaining as a service um, because it, it it because basically it spews out bullshit, but with total confidence yes. uh, yeah. and with no regard for the audience to which it is spewing the bullshit. And yeah. this is an example of that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's just a tool. Uh, and right. It does what it does. It doesn't necessarily purport to be the expert in any field or even truthful. It 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 answers <laughs> the questions. It, it will make up shit to answer the questions. The tool is the tool. It is what it is. It does what it says on the tin. It will answer questions. It's it, there's no promise in here that it's not going to make shit up. It's going to answer the questions. Right. Yeah. That's it. Like it, it's it's there's nothing here. There's no reason to believe that it's going to be an expert or tell the truth or anything. It's just uh, you you put in a question and it comes back with something plausible. They should have just it named it MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> I was avoiding the Donald Trump thing because you know years of PTSD of getting yelled at because I shat on him so much. I know, mm -hmm. I know. I just I just want to start running conspiracy theories through here and just see what it comes back with. Oh God! Right. I wonder <laughs> if if now will there be a. Like if you buy the pro version, would it include a separate AI that can do fact checking for you? I that should know, be but... in the free version. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, they do have a new tool that they came out with for <laughs> detecting the uh, the AIs, and it sucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> it really <laughs> sucks. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be really bad whack-a-mole, right? That's mm -hmm. that's the territory we're getting into. And again, to to our previous discussion about this, like uh, we need to accept this. It's here. It's not going to go away. Uh, mm -hmm. Being able to catch it is is going to be just as fraught with danger as using it in the first place. Uh, again, approach it as a calculator. It's a tool. That's it. And we don't need to uh, just accept it. Like, don't try to figure out if, if people are using it or not. Who cares? That's right. it. Well, yeah. I, I kind of care when it comes to fact checking. You know, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think I think all these, you know, low low rent writers are going to turn into prompt writers and fact checkers. Yeah. We need the fact checkers. Yes, but uh, here's the here's the other thing that I that I worry about. If I take, you know, some of the output that I know is completely false from something that somebody might be searching on fairly obviously and I go create it and then, you know, perpetuate the lie that it did, like, you know, I don't know, vaccines, you know, cause autism and start mm. making documents that ChatGPT then starts indexing and putting out there. You can, you know, you can create a flywheel of bullshit. You mean that just right. social media? Oh, that too, <laughs> yes. yes. It's called Twitter. Elon yes, bought it, it's damn it. It's called Twitter and, and the bots that are already all over the place. Like it's, yeah. it's nothing new. It's just an, another version of it. I know, but, but it sounds so good that people are going to trust it. That's the thing. Right. right. But isn't this interesting that we kind of bump into this time and time again with AI? I mean, remember back with Microsoft's Tay, mm -hmm. uh, where yep. they tried to do a yep. conversational thing and it just so quickly veered into racism and, and uh, just all the, all the nasty isms that are out there online. And I think this speaks to that as well, where um, in our minds, we like to think of AI as being this aspirational thing that is better than us. But if we feed it all of the information about us, it's really just shining back a mirror at us. And the fact of the matter is, is that human beings in the course of their day-to-day -day lives do a whole lot of lying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what this some is Some of it doing. altruistic, some of it not. I mean, there have always right. been arguments that the white lies greases the wheel of social, of social conversation. That's right. It's, it's, yeah. That's right. And it's you, true. You do, you know? Your butt does not look fat in that dress, my dear. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. And but those 32 fingers on your left hand really really, you know, go with your <laughs> go with your complexion. So, it's uh I it's a strange definitely a strange new world. I love this stuff, but it, now that Microsoft is going to be building it into Teams and we're going to get Clippy GPT coming mm-hmm. out of this, that'll be that'll be really fun. So, yeah, yeah, I saw I mean, some because we use Teams at, in in uh, at my work, and <clears throat> so I, mm-hmm. I always get those press releases and things like that. It's their application of it, at least initially, is kind of interesting in that it's going to summarize meetings and and do like immediate post summaries and things of that nature, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm that's a great use. That's yeah. a great use of it. Exactly. So it's not like they're opening up the whole thing through Teams. That is that is the initial thing. Now, I'm sure mm-hmm. it'll expand, but what I like about a company like Microsoft, I'm, why I was thrilled that Microsoft actually invested so much money in this, is they have appropriate corporate guardrails, unlike many other companies we could mention right now that could have been investing in this. Microsoft, well, you, did, I actually kind of mostly trust with something like this. You did and, hear what we just talked about with Tay and the racism. And well, they, shut, well, they shut it down, down right? immediately. They shut it. They shut it down immediately. But they released it. Well, they shouldn't have released know. it to begin with. They're getting well, the, learning. Uh, that was a learning experience for them, apparently. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> the, the AI trained them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was at a, a get together with some friends over the past weekend, and several of them were uh, public school teachers, and we were talking about. ChatGPT and how they think it's going to affect their profession, mm-hmm. and um, and you know they sort of ran the spectrum from from those who, as you say, Brian, just embrace it as being the next version of the pocket calculator, mm-hmm. to others who were lamenting that it's it really is going to take away creativity and uh, those sort of things. But one thing we all agreed on was that um, kind of the 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 chasm between the way that we're teaching our students and the way the the real world operates is getting yeah. wider. Yep. That I agree. the teachers need to be recognizing that this is the future. And so the point I've made in our conversation was what job do you go to these days where you aren't allowed to look things up if you need to? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Show your work. No, right. Google. It's, it's called Google. All that yes. stuff. I was actually to, related to that. I was saw that there there was some uproar about the fact that uh, I guess millennials don't even know how to read cursive anymore. To which I thought, right. who cares? When's yeah, the last really? time you wrote something out in cursive? Like, right, right. Let it die. I can't read Sanskrit either. What's the fucking point? <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> exactly. Yeah, like well. it's time to move on from these things. Nobody writes in cursive. Nobody reads cursive. You sign your name. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I want to go back to what you said, Dave, about creativity, because what I'm seeing is I think this is actually creating an explosion in creativity because mm-hmm. people are putting in different things that they, you know, that they'd want to see in the world that they didn't have the faculty to create, especially with the, you know, the image stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's even with the writing, it's like it's it's you can put in things that you're ima- you, you just come up with from your imagination and it creates it. So people are thinking differently on, you know, just things that they would like to see in the world and slapping it in here. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it might not be perfect, but it's a starting point. I and like I, it. I think this is like actually it helping way. it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there, Jason, in, in that it should be a starting point. And, and when I've talked about it using using these kind of tools at my company for things like crafting press releases and of that nature, I always say first draft. Use it for your mm-hmm. first draft and then yeah. right. sit and, and massage it and add in the voice and the opinions and the personality after. But you can use this for the first draft and save time. 
because that part's the hard part, getting all the freaking details and the boring plain language, then go in and tweak it. That's creative to me. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go slap my uh, Stormtrooper helmet on and uh, run around the office scaring people. So thanks for that. (laughs) Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Mark, David, and Matt. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And remember, everyone, if you sign up for our Patreon uh, feed, uh, you get the show a little bit early. Sometimes when it's when it's available, <laughs> but but it's also ad free and in high res. Ooh. You get the full resolution, 192 kilobit per second MP3. Listen Woo. to my basso profundo. Yes, mm. dulcet tones. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, over at PayPal, we got Matt, Simon, Nicola, Jonathan, Judge, Nikolai, Matthew, Robert, and Thomas. Thank you all so much. Woo! Over at the tip jar, we've got Daniel, Adam, Mario, Christopher, Matthew, and Sean. Thank you. And we have a new five-star review from Nissian. Good listening as we slide toward our inevitable doom. If you remember making web pages during the first internet bubble, then these are your people. Experience your inevitable physical decline with friends who are going through the same thing. If you are young, then use this podcast to find out about how in the future good eating and exercise habits become a matter of life and death. Also, there's tech news sprinkled in from the jaded point of view of people who have seen it all before. My only criticism is the segment with Dave Bittner should be renamed from Security Ha to Shooting the Breeze with Dave. Regardless, it's a segment I look forward to each week. I will continue to listen for as long as we all continue to survive. All right. Hands Thank down, you. the best review we've ever gotten. Yeah, we've basically given up on Security Ha because, you know, he does 25 uh, podcasts all about security. He can do those. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I think five years into the show, we all had just breach fatigue. Yep. You know, because we were covering it every week, like, oh, new breach, new breach, new breach, new breach. Oh, fucking new Christ. Breach. Could somebody lock down their AWS database for once? No. That's pretty much what it got to. <laughs> yep. No. I guess we'll get to big stories when they actually come along, but yeah, it's more fun to talk about Star Wars and shit. It really is. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 587. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel. If you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans, you can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky or well-thought-out review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. Ah!